Welcome to At the Root with Greg Kuiper. Hi I am there. Hi, I am Stacy Heller. So Greg is a practicing psychotherapist and holistic life coach. He is also a recovering addict and alcoholic. Through both his professional practice and personal experiences, Greg has observed that without connection to self, real connection with others is near impossible because emotional connection is at the root of healthy living. If you have any questions for Greg, we hear from you offline, but if you want to call in, you're welcome to call in. The number to call is 425-373-5527. So, Greg. Yes. Here we are. Here we are again. Here we are again. We have to stop meeting like this. So let's wrap up or sort of go back to what we talked about last week. Sure. So last week we had a parent that was inquiring about their senior and the whole college admissions process. And, you know, this is the season for that. And it's a stressful time. And you you gave some great advice or a great perspective when you shared that these kids are essentially in mourning. Um, This idea that they're experiencing grief over what they see as a loss. As adults, we may understand that, you know, it's going to be okay. However, for them, it's a loss of what they envisioned as their future. And so saying things like, you know, oh, you'll find your place, you'll find your people, it's all for the best, is actually... Not for the best no, <laughs> to say not. that. And um, and you did point out that with time, you can reframe with your kids, but that um, having the pat response is not, is not great. Right. You know, reframing is something that's helpful for all of us throughout life. And in, in those teenage or, or middle school years, teenage years, we can help them learn how to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Because, but it, but it needs to be done with our guidance. We're co-regulating with them, right, rather than just saying, oh, it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. You'll get over this. Right. We always do. You won't even think about this five years from now. I mean, all these kind of comments, yeah, okay, we kind of know from experience as adults, probably true. But we're not validating their feelings at the moment, and that's what's so important. And the thing that you're pointing out is that, and we got to experience it. Yeah. And so if they can't experience it, then they're not going to be able to have that perspective either. And, After, and we must have reframed, right? Mm-hmm. We experienced it. We must have reframed because we're okay with it now. Exactly. Right. We've made peace. And after the show last week, one of the things when we were talking about the show that you had said you wish that you brought up is the kids that, you know, maybe they don't get into their first choice school or even Mm -hmm. their second choice school or, you know, they're waitlisted or the circumstances are not what they were hoping for. Sure. You know, you were saying that that is a tough time because these kids feel an inadequacy. Right. And one thing we, one thing they can go to in this loss, this feeling of grief is a feeling of guilt or shame, right? Or shame, I guess, for Mm -hmm. them that, you know, what did I do wrong? I must, it must be me. Mm-hmm. The reason this I didn't get this is I did something wrong. And that's where it's important for us to be able to help them discover what, what happened. 
the mm-hmm. options that happen so that it's not just that one. Correct. Right? I mean, uh, more than likely it wasn't that. Right. I mean, I it mean, can it's be. The COVID thing right now, our school's admitting as many, you know, what they, on and on and on. I mean, we don't know. Right. And so to experience that um, hit to your self-worth mm-hmm. is huge, especially for kids that age, right? So it's important for us to be able to help them work through that and not with these cliched phrases we're talking about, but right. but with, you know, okay, so what do you think happened, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, if, and we don't want to tell them what happened. We want to ask them what we think they, you know, what they think happened, right? Sure. So that they can, it could be this, it could be that, oh, maybe it was this, mm-hmm. it could be this. Um, it's not the time to tell them that it'll all be all right, don't worry. Right. You know. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I appreciate that. I know that there's, you know, I'm a mother of a senior and it's a tough time and I know that there's a lot of us out there. So, okay, so this week... We're going back to middle school. Oh, boy. (laughs) It is a time of, I would say, physical, social, emotional, personal turmoil, right? The hormones, the pressures, Uh, the influences, the bullying, um, the need to fit in, the need to stand out. It is a scary time for parents. It's even scarier for the kids. It is. I mean, you know, I work with... um, preteens and teens, and uh, it is, from what I can tell with every one of them, it's the toughest time. Mm-hmm. It is, um, you couple the hormones, puberty, which is immense, right? What is this? Right. Holy cow, right. <laughs> you know, I'm a kid. What is this? And, and uh, at the same time, this is right when their brain is starting to develop the, the, the ability to have opinions. And, and social justice is right in there, and it's a huge one for kids this age, just mm-hmm. what's right and what's wrong. I mean, all parents see this. I know they do. When, at this age, when um, these opinions start becoming very vocal and... Uh, and then there's the bullying at school that you talked about. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the middle school years are uh, all many kids are so distraught and directionless that the only way they can um, deal with this emotional turmoil is to make fun of somebody. Right. It's almost like taking it out on someone else. Well, that's exactly what it is. You know. Oh, look at me. And and. And then they are, and social media is really huge in here too. Mm -hmm. It's really become a big part of this issue because these kids don't want to listen to you. They don't want the buzz at home because they are constantly making sure that everything's fine on social media and Mm -hmm. that they are checking in and they're checking in with the right people, and they're saying the right things, and so-and-so did this. And, I mean, it is intense. And that can appear, well, it is, um, like they don't care at home, right? 
Right. It's a facade. It is. Yeah. It's yeah. a total facade. And, you know, and I think it's um, it's interesting having raised four kids that have gone through middle school. You know, the you chastise the kids for, as parents, you know, um, basically following the herd, doing everything your friends do. If your friend right. jumped off a bridge, would you do that? And so, you know, if you look like everyone else and you follow the trend, we give them a hard time. Then if they look too weird or they're different or their hobbies are different or whatever it is, we don't necessarily make that easier. I know that when um, this in early high school, my mother, you know, would she was really social when she was younger. And so she would say, you know, aren't you going out tonight? And, you know, no, I, I didn't want to go out. And so when you don't follow what everyone else is doing, so kids this age are really like finding their own selves. That's exactly where their brain is, is in the development. Mm -hmm. They are discovering autonomy. They are discovering their true self. For all these years prior to this, they've just listened to mom and dad. And whatever they say goes, I guess, right? I Mm -hmm. mean, it's just, we do this, we do this, we do this. And now as their brain changes uh, and these hormones start going, this autonomy starts building. Mm -hmm. And their opinion is there. And if the parents are still in this authoritarian mode, Mm -hmm. then the parents are just as confused as the kids. I mean, things have been operating fairly smoothly. Right. We said don't put your finger in the socket. You didn't. Things have been going pretty smoothly. And now this child is uh, telling me that my opinion doesn't matter or... We're not going to do it this way, or why do we have to do it this way? Mm-hmm. Why do we have to do it this way? And answers like, we've always done it this way, or because I said so, or all, all of these things, you, we just can't do that anymore when they reach this age. Hopefully, you never do it, but um, there's a difference between authoritarian parenting style and authoritative parenting style, right? Authoritarian is strict and uh, cold. Okay. Do it this way. I said so. That's it. Authoritative parenting style is strict but warm. You involve the kids in the decisions. Help them understand why it needs to be this way rather than it's just this way. I said so. Now, many of us as parents started out in that authoritarian mode, and and then here you are, I see it all the time, um, different cultures experience Mm -hmm. it differently, but I I, I see it all the time. All of a sudden, here's this um, middle schooler experiencing all these things, Mm -hmm. and the dad is still that authoritarian figure. It's not going to work. It's going to get so bad for this family by the time this child is 17 or 18. I can just predict it. I, I work with families, and, and I, I, I have one I worked with that was maybe a 12-year-old girl, a uh, 7-year-old boy, an 18, 17-, 18-year-old boy, and a very, very, very authoritarian father. And the mother 
brought everybody in to get some family counseling, <laughs> you know, and here's the dad. Mm-hmm. There is no give. There is no take. There is no give or take. This right. is the way it's going to be. And no matter how I phrased or angled it or tried to involve everybody, he wasn't going to change. And the 18-year-old was suffering incredibly. Of course. Belligerent and getting into all kinds of trouble, hate. Um, and I, I felt the worst for the seven-year-old boy because he's just witnessing all this and oblivious. Of course, and not understanding it. Yeah. I mean, you've mentioned before that many of your teen patients are effectively still dealing with the fallout of this middle school age. Um, And one of the, actually, one of the questions that I had about this is the effects on the family dynamic, the sibling dynamic, and then... Mm -hmm. And then additionally, the, the dynamic between you and your significant other, whether you're still married or you're divorced, you know, as you're as you're talking about, you know, that whole like good cop, bad cop, you know, mm-hmm. the if the if the father is more traditionally authoritarian and, you know, and the way that maybe the mother seems like she's being, you know, um, like very permissive in terms of like, oh, hey, let me allow you to do this. I mean, it's it seems at times like one parent can be dismissive of these issues and this is how it is. And the other, it seems like they're getting away with murder and it creates strife, I would imagine. Very much so. The mother, in many instances, I can't say it's every time, but in many instances, the mother is feeling so bad for the kids experiencing this authoritarian figure. Mm -hmm. It may be vice versa but of course we're, but we're, but but experiencing this that that's when it be, the parenting style becomes they're not even close to being on the same page and that makes it even worse for the kids so it even if we've been authoritarian in our parenting style up to now up to this point and you've got this middle schooler blossoming you can make the switch to authoritative you don't have to just this isn't a let them run wild type thing. You know, they've got to have some autonomy. Okay, I'm listening. That's not it at all. They, these kids have to have structure. Mm-hmm. Very, very important. They'll tell you they don't, but they need it. And they, every, every parent really knows this. There has to be some structure, rules, consequences. Um, but it needs to be done in a warm and friendly manner and involve everybody in the decisions. Negotiation mm-hmm. in the family dynamic is so important. And as parents, many times, we don't have time for that. Just do what I say. Things will be all right. Right. And um, I think one thing that I've noticed that really helps at this age is, well, at all ages, but it is what you call a family contract, family agreement, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. I've seen this really, really work. I've also, well, when parents finally do it, it really works. I give this homework to families, and weeks and weeks, months later, they still haven't done it, and they still have the same problems. Mm-hmm. And then when a family finally does it, things start getting better. And, uh, you know, as a therapist, I can't 
do the old I told you so thing. Not or supposed the, to, right? You know, hey, but, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the right. same thing over and over again. <laughs> right, right. So no judgment on my part, but I wait. Mm-hmm. And I wait. Um, but this is just an agreement that's for everybody, not just for the kids. It's for mom and dad, too. And this can be things like chores. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the way we do things around the house. Mm-hmm. Um if you're going to act a certain way, here are the consequences. And they need to be reasonable consequences, right? If you forget to unload the dishwasher, you don't lose your phone for eight months, right? I mean, that's, you know, well, I have people, I mean, I've seen this. Um, so reasonable consequences that are on paper. And you don't want this to be some 20-page manifesto. This is a page or two of basic family rules that can be put up on the fridge or whatever. And the rules are there and the consequences are there. Whatever it is uh, for breaking the rules or not doing mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the duties or the activities. And mom and dad need to be on here too, sure. right? That's you know, the negotiation part, you know, that, right. hey, mom and dad, you're going to knock on my door before you barge in. There you go. You know, or, there. hey, mom and dad, you're going to give me 15 minutes to let me get myself up before you come in and start yelling at me. Right. That, you know, school started three minutes ago or, you know, whatever it is. And what's so important in making this family agreement and this contract is doing it together. Mm-hmm. It's a negotiation. You are establishing agency in these kids. You are teaching them how to negotiate. Mm-hmm. You are teaching them how to be responsible. They don't have to listen to you yell at them and ground them for a year and take the car keys away and all these things. They, they Really in authoritarian style, it can just be, oh, we had a slip up here. What's the rule say? Okay. Mm-hmm. Lose your phone for a week. So sorry. How can we not do this again? You know, mm-hmm. how can I help with this? Uh, give me your phone and you'll get it back in a week. But yep. this is the way it is. And um, it needs to be done in a friendly, as possible, mm-hmm. manner. <laughs> and negotiating this agreement. And it needs to be one of the things in the agreement. It needs to be this is, agreement can be flexible. Mm-hmm. Things are going to change. Kids are going to get older. Right. The dynamic's going to change. All of a sudden, maybe grandma's moved in and is going to live there forever. The rules got to change, right? I mean, whatever it is, you've got to be able to have it be flexible. I have a ton of thoughts. Well, I'm going to be quiet for a second. You talk. <laughs> so, <laughs> one, this sort of reminds me of when I was a lifeguard, right? So there were the rules and the consequences. Right. And, you know, you can't run by the pool and you can't, you know, mm-hmm. try to drown your buddy. Um, but basically go in the pool and swim. I'm not going to hover over you. I'm not going to make sure that you're doing everything. I'm like taking a general look and you might get away with some things, other things you're not going to get away with. And so it's, you know, it's essentially like a lifeguard. Um, so that's, that reminds me of that. I also think of, um, when you talk about the consequences piece, it, reminds me that when our kids were little, we always made sure that whatever the consequences were that we had, that we could live with them too. So saying that we're going to leave the party if you're not well behaved, and then you really don't want to leave the party. And so now you're not leaving the party. 
um, it's just a reminder that you have to be able to live with the consequences, right. which then sort of dovetails into the the negotiation. I mean, this is teaching kids life skills about, you know, be a good negotiator because if these days being a being without your phone for a week is essentially like being without your phone for eight months. Right. Oh, yeah. So they've got to really work on their negotiating skills. Right. <laughs> and, you know, and, and as parents, what we sometimes forget is that we're modeling future behavior for how to get along with yeah. a roommate or a spouse or whatever it is. Absolutely. And so if your style is to be authoritarian and that's just the way it is and, you know, uh, uh, your punishments are too strict and... And nobody gets to talk, mm-hmm. no negotiation, just be quiet, stay. If your style's that way, what do you think your child's style is going to be 15, 20 years from now? That's what he's got to work with. Right, or even now with friends. Right, right. But that's what he's got to work with, what, he, what you're modeling to him or her right now. That's exactly what happened to us, right? I mean, think about how... Many of your traits that you've discovered over time are exactly what was modeled to you mm-hmm. by your parents, and it was modeled to them by their parents. So just being aware, we can change some of this. Um, had a thought, and I just lost it. Um, so this, this agreement can be a fun thing to build, right? I think a lot of families avoid it because, well, I, I hear the, the excuses, you know, oh, we just didn't have time or or so-and-so didn't do their part, or we can make it fun. You know what I mean? And I think the parents can start it by drawing up their ideas. Mm -hmm. These aren't the rules yet. These Mm -hmm. are just proposals, right? Mm -hmm. Because the negotiation hasn't happened. Right. Just like when a bill becomes a law. Semantics here, but it's, it's a big thing, right? And then ask the kids to come up with their things that, you know, that... That what bothers them, what what would they like to see changed? I mean, they may not get all of it, but they can bring it to the table, right? Mm-hmm. What would you like to bring to this table? And then when you finally have the meeting and you negotiate, everybody is able to be, participate and be part of it. They may not like some of it sometimes, sure. but... That's the way it is. And then when it comes to the consequences and meeting out these uh, consequences, whatever you want to call them, we have to be careful there, too. I mean, if if the curfew is at 11 and the kid gets home at 11.04 or 11.05, do they lose their cell phone because they weren't home at 11? Do we be a little flexible and we talk about it and, you know, and – a little slack, but let's make sure it doesn't happen again, that kind of thing. Sure. So, you don't want them to speed, remember. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you know, you yeah. have to build in a little bit of a buffer. Now, I'm asking for a friend, i.e. me. <laughs> okay. What about okay. the parent that, um, you know, like the follow-through thing? Meaning you've come up with this contract and everything is going great and then – everybody starts to to slip and it doesn't happen. So is it, you know, is it like a diet? You don't have to wait until Monday and then like binge over the weekend and you can just start fresh? Like you just sort of have a reset? Do you, do you mean in making the contract? In no, building I mean, the contract? I or? mean in the follow through that, you know, if there's an agreement that, okay, um, 
you're going to, um, you've agreed to. So over time, that kind of slides off. Right. And, and, and then somebody doesn't get, have to do the consequences because of this reason or that reason. I mean, it's important that the parents take uh, charge here, if you will, to make sure that the agreement stays in effect. And this takes some time and some effort, moms and dads. And I know that time and effort is at a premium, but you are teaching your kids something in doing this, some valuable, valuable lessons for the future and helping them establish agency and autonomy, being able to make some decisions, analyzing options, Mm -hmm. all of these abilities that we, over time, need to learn what to do, you can help your kids do it from the start. Now, think about if you put this family agreement in and you have, you know, a five-year-old and a seven-year-old, obviously you can't, you have to adjust the contract for age and ability, right? Sure, absolutely. But they're involved in it too. This allows them to learn about these same things at a young age, right? Mm-hmm. What I, I love about this is that that idea of being present and everybody connecting, it, it gives something to constantly go back to and talk about and not in a negative way to sort of, hey, mom and dad, you know, uh, can I renegotiate these terms? I'm no longer in eighth grade. I'm heading into high school. What are your views on, you know, right. makeup or, you know, whatever it is? Right. And so you're having a built-in opportunity for Piercings. connection. Oh, and piercings. Tattoos. That's okay. So (laughs) here we go. That's actually something that I want to talk about with you next week. This, you know, talking about the the autonomy with kids and that idea of maintaining your boundaries or maintaining what you perceive as your family values while still letting kids have that autonomy. And one last piece on this family contract type thing. It's very important with this to have a family meeting regularly, whatever it is for you, twice a month, once a week, whatever it is, so that these things can be discussed regular basis. Everybody gets to bring up their beefs or everybody gets to bring up the positive things. And, you know, this doesn't have to be two-hour meeting. This is 30 minutes generally. Right. Well, and at a time that, you know, the time can be negotiated for the late sleepers or the early risers or early to bed. But it needs to happen if you're going to do it this way. Fascinating. I'm very inspired by this. <laughs> I am. I mean, you know, my kids are 18 to 25, and yet there are still things that, you know, um, it would be helpful to to hammer them out. And it can be an ever-evolving thing, whether you have a, a one-year-old or a, or a 10-year-old. So That's right. If you want to connect with Greg, you can go to Greg Kuiper uh, or KuiperCounseling.com. Yes, that's it. And social media. Greg, what's your parting words of wisdom? Well, everyone... In order to have emotional connection with anyone out there and with ourselves, we need to be aware. So just in your day-to-day life next week, be as aware as you can out there. Awesome. See you next week. See you next week.